Welcome to Backyard Philosophy, a podcast where a couple friends grab some cold ones, sit around the fire, and talk about science, philosophy, and history. Crack one open, sit back, and get a good laugh as we discuss everything from automation to why the meaning of life is 42. They say all roads lead to Rome, but in the 21st century, we're worried about climate change, rising levels of CO2. Shouldn't all public transportation lead to Rome? We're going to talk about cities, where they are, why they're there, new cities, old cities, dense cities, spread out cities, where would you put cities? Before we get into that, Mike, how are you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing pretty good, drinking some nine branded bourbon it's from Austin, Texas. So always got to bring it back to Texas. And uh, yeah, cities being built, being complex. But what about you, my friend? What are you drinking? How are you doing? I just got some Gatorade because I got stuff I got to do tomorrow. That's all right. My liver's strong enough to handle it for both of us. But cities, Nick, cities are being built and old cities are being renovated and there's so much happening in the bustling cities and there's so much more happening in the upcoming future and i am excited to talk about that so i think some base knowledge uh for as the population grows across the earth and areas become more and more sawable uh more buildings homes land needs to be renovated created for those people and currently, in the entire world, a new city can cost as high as $1 million per resident and anywhere from 100000 to 50000 for more economic city. And, of course, the more people there are, the more the city cost goes down. And cities, by relative agreed terms, is a population in 20, of 20,000 or more people. And I think it's important to note out for an acre in the United States, the average price is about $3,000 per acre, which seems really high to me, but then again, it's land. Land is so valuable. Isn't it, Nick? Yeah, 3000 bucks an acre. But some history lessons. Uh, the reason why cities have formed and cities have been around for thousands of years is a magnitude of different reasons. Usually, cities are founded by water by of some sort because, well, you got to drink water or else you're going to die. And also, another major point is trading routes. So, yes, you got to be worried about agriculture, stuff like that. But if money and goods aren't coming in and out, whether it be from a river basin, a ocean, um, an opening across a mountain pass, your city is going to fail. A city can only be sustained so much as long as things are coming in and out. It's a hubbub. I mean, think about it. You can't grow an entire food population inside a city for the people. It has to come outside in. And so, water, trading routes, and natural land. Unless you're Chicago and you build it on swampland, usually try not to build in low fields where you could get swamped and, or very least, not even farm. So that's where a lot of our ancestors came from, and we're not too far off from what they were thinking. Yep, and a, another important reason people go into cities is 
one more jobs and the trade of ideas is better and just so just like any service is, is going to be better it's probably going to have access to better medicine more goods in a city than in a small rural town so it attracts people and it's been attracting people since the beginning of time like mike said and there's been naysayers since thomas jefferson famously thought that cities would end during uh was it yellow fever epidemic yellow fever cauliflower or uh god what, what cholera of oh, god <laughs> cholera cholera thank you <laughs> not even five minutes one in those. i can't it's give you one of those days <laughs> But no, cities are existing, flourishing, and becoming more and more common uh, based on, well, smart people, scientists, statistics. Cities are going to be the average kind of way of life if we keep going on on this trend. I mean, the UN estimates that each year cities in total across the world will grow 72 million more residents each year. That being said, they think by 2050, I think it was 60% of the world's population would live in a city, which is far-fetched from what our ancestors were living as. In fact, I would say it's about the opposite of what our ancestors were living as. Yeah, that's uh, it's a rapidly rapid departure from what humanity's been used to for most of our existence. We went from small communities to the the biggest communities. <laughs> huge soup i mean what the super city some of them get to like 20 30 million people i i don't know how you have space to stretch your legs with that many people condensed in one area but because of this and because of growing way away from our ancestors into new populations of more cities more people growing into cities like nick said jobs we have the need for more cities and unlike our ancestors in the 21st century we don't have to put them in the same locations as our ancestors. We don't have to put them near a mountain range for protection. We can kind of put them wherever we want and build infrastructure around that to sustain itself. I mean, not to shit on Los Angeles, but going to shit on Los Angeles. Los Angeles doesn't have enough water to give everyone to their people, so they have to pump it in out of state. You know, we don't have to choose a city where a city necessarily needs the resources it needs. It can just be brought in, which comes with a... Sl- and- it, we don't have to put it on a fault line, Los Angeles. <laughs> we don't have to put in an area that's surrounded by mountains so that you get air stagnation that causes heart uh, health problems. Also, Los Angeles. But this happens in a lot of other places too, like the Willamette Valley in Oregon, Denver. There's a lot of places that get stagnant air just because we settle in the valleys because that's the fertile ground. So that's where the farms were and cities were spawned out of areas where people farmed because that's where the goods were. And now it's the opposite. Now we don't need to be right outside ag land to have a sustainable city. Planes, trains, and automobiles have made it all possible to pump in food from out of the region. And in fact, with all this population entering in and the need for more room and grow, a lot of cities are being developed and made by different countries. If I remember correctly, at least 120 cities and 40 different countries are being currently built or planned. One of them is in Egypt. The good old capital needs a new capital. 
Egypt is building a new capital 28 miles east of Cairo. This ti- the size of this city they're building is about the same size of the entire country of Singapore. The reason why Egypt is doing this is much like we were talking about with population and not necessarily needing to be near a bison water trading route, food, agriculture, we can transfer it in. But the main reason for Cairo moving its capital is people are so condensed. You may find it if you go to Cairo that you cannot travel in the city. If you try to get to point A to point B, most days you won't be able to. It's that crowded. And can be an issue if you're, you know, fire department, police department, and you can't get across town. Oh, I think this is important to know with the population. Cairo's current population is just under 22 million people. So having a new city would probably help out quite a bit. But Egypt is not the only country building a new capital. Indonesia is also building a new capital. Jakarta. Jakarta is sinking currently due to climate change and uh, land erosion. So Indonesia's like, you know what? Rather than put all our eggs in one basket and try to save the city of Jakarta, we'll build a new city, move our capital there, which seems to be a very common theme. When researching this, I came across a very common trend that the majority of countries that are building new cities are in either Africa or Asia. They tend to be the biggest boomers for creating entirely new cities, which kind of makes sense if you look at it population and economic-wise. For Asia, population. I think one-something billion people live in China, so China's building a lot of cities. Same with India. Same with Africa. Africa's having a big economic boom with more people, and they're coming to the realization that Making a new city is actually cheaper than renovating a new city, which I assume we'll talk about a little bit more later in the podcast. Yep, we'll get to that. But I really didn't look into building a new city, so I want to hear... I mean, I can see how it would be cheaper because you don't have to deal with all the the people milling about and doing all the traffic and safety and stuff, and you can get in and get everything set up. And you're not trying to put uh, band-aids on a problem. It's not even that. It's uh, most cities that exist today are before automobiles, before you know modern sewer systems. Uh, the changing the already existing infrastructure is far more expensive on average to do than just simply build a new city. Imagine. Uh, trying to renovate New York City, like how many layers there are there compared to like, hey, flatland, start over again. And that's kind of what China is doing. Except China's, instead of worrying about current cities and trying to renovate them, they're just simply building new cities because they know their populations grow and we'll just uh, get ready that way. In fact, cities in China are being built so fast that they're becoming empty. The China's building cities too fast so the people can't occupy them. An example of this is an empty Chinese city. is the city of Kabubashi. This city, originally designed for a million people, was quickly redesigned for 300,000 people, but only 30,000 people live in this city. It's cheaper, faster, and much quicker to build if you don't have to worry about the pre-existing infrastructure 
what kind of materials they used. You can start from the ground up. It's just so much faster and cheaper. Africa is starting to do the same thing. In countries in uh, Kenya, uh, Ghana, they are building just straight from the ground up. They realize that the previously infrastructure is not a good way to continue to build. And many people have humans uh, being Africa and Asia mainly account for 90% of the human growth from now to 2050. So they need new cities for all these new people. And, and Africa is in a dilemma because though it is expensive to renovate a pre-existing city, the great thing about renovating a pre-existing city is the people are already there. You don't have to have move people. You don't have to navigate people. You don't have to get new business trade convince people to leave their homes so it is a dual-edged sword but from what i could tell building a new city is far easier and cheaper to do we're uh, i can understand in china that the the government's probably paying for that i mean is this but is these private businesses that decide that they're going to put a new city here is this governments that are coming together with industry to say we want to put a city here. Do you want to buy some of this property? Or I mean, this has got to be a pretty coordinated effort by a lot of people. So from what I could tell, uh, a great example of this being in Abu Dhabi with the um, Mastar city, is the government decides the region and then asks foreign investors to get in. If I remember correctly, foreign investors make up about 60% of the Abu Dhabi city. Or could it, could it, be, it could be the... Saudi Arabia line, which I want to talk about later in the podcast, but it seems to be both necessity by the government itself, and if you build it, they will come, versus, hey, we're going to build this, do you want to be part of it? And it kind of forces them to be a part of it. So it's kind of those two worlds. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, we just, uh, you never think about the cost of building a new city, just cities have always been there, like we talked about trade used to be a popular trade route good port or whatever but just the cost of building a modern city i mean just even something is like a apartment complex can be expensive and complicated enough but a whole city is almost mind-blowing like i said it's on average a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand per resident and as high as a million per resident so if you want to have a city of thirty thousand people that's uh that could be easily $30 million to build the structure because you got roads, transportation, and public transportation, airports, all, all these water set cleaning, all these necessities. But like we mentioned earlier, now that we're in the 21st century, we don't have to put them where they are. See, a big thing what Asia and Africa are doing is they're putting them in non-farmable land. A, a big one happening in Abu Dhabi and Saudi Arabia is they're putting them in the desert away from water, uh, which I thought was quite interesting. Uh, again, the Mandar city in Abu Dhabi, the line in Saudi Arabia, and the new Cairo. I'm not quite sure what the new city will be called, which I thought this is this is kind of a little bit off topic, but since we're talking about desert cities, um, with these new cities comes new technology. Many countries are trying to make their cities you know, green, solar panels, et cetera, et cetera. 
but also to render cars obsolete. I don't know if you came across this, Nick, with cities where they're trying to get rid of cars. I, I did come across this, and I have a hypothetical question for you before we get back on track. If America was creating a new city, do you think we would call it New New York? Nah, let's call it New Jackson or something like that. Because the old York, we had to make a new one of. I think it'd be hilarious if we called it New New York. Pull a Futurama? I, I mean, I find it funny, but boy, that'd be confusing. No, no, no. I'm not from New York. I'm from... He's not... He's from... He's a New New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker. Exactly. That's... I mean, I think we have to do that. But yeah, cars going away. Yes. Uh, Madrid, Paris, Chengdu, Mazdar, all these cities are trying to remove cars now you might be thinking to yourself what are you talking about well if you're renovating a city or building a new city public transportation is kind of in your mindset so Mistar city um it's a city being built in abu dhabi that's trying to be a green city so like, like i said solar panels desalination hydrogen lots of public transportation this city would be the buildings would be so close that cars couldn't travel but trolleys and subways underneath the system could People could walk everywhere. It would be a city meant to publicly transport, not to have a car with. Um, I mean, this is kind of, uh, I want to say this for a little bit later, but I mentioned it now. Saudi Arabia is also building a new zero carbon city, but this city is not a traditional city. It's a city in a straight line, stretching over 100 miles in a straight line. And supposedly when finally built, will only take 20 minutes to get from one side to the other. With, uh, through public transportation. That seems a little bit ridiculous. Uh, super trains, I mean, they got a lot of money in Saudi Arabia. It doesn't seem too much, but it does beg the question. So now that you have desalination plants and you have places in the desert that need places for the people, why not choose land that you can't farm or have, or there's natural water? You can choose wherever you want to have a city and simply build infrastructure to help support that city and it seems like abu dhabi and saudi arabia are going to try to do that i just thought it was very interesting that saudi arabia is making it a vertical line a straight line rather than the traditional grid versus and circle uh layout for a city which i want to talk about later but uh going back to the desert since you answered a uh, hypothetical nick i feel it's fair to answer another hypothetical I saw a very common trend. I don't know if you came across this as well, but building a new city is expensive for the residents moving into that city. It tends to be a rich man's qualm rather than a poor man's qualm. I think if it, I think it was in Singapore where the average cost to live there was 50000 while the average income was less than 20000 and with Cairo having its new capital built so close, I feel as if the new cities are for the rich, the old cities are for the poor. If you're rich enough to get out into the new city where it's green, new, fresh, you'll get it out, and the decaying old cities will be left to the poor. And I was wondering about your opinion on this. Yes, and no. like, yeah, I understand that it costs a lot to move into the new city, but imagine something has to change it can't be sustainable to have that high a, a set a, a cost of living without bringing workers in from far away and i don't know it's just uh 
maybe with Cairo where it's close, people could live in Cairo and work there, but it's going to have to even out eventually. Oh, so, uh, sorry. Since you mentioned work, I saw it was very interesting for mainly Asia. I didn't see so much for Africa. Asian countries are trying to make new cities where you're no more than five minutes walking distance. Uh, no, was it five? It might have been five minutes walking distance or five minutes public transportation from your job, which sounds like a great commute, but also quite weird how compact and tight everything is. I don't know how I quite feel about that. But yeah, uh, we no longer have to choose where cities are needed. We can have them where we want, and then we'll bring the resources to us. Again, uh, Africa. And so part of not just not just uh, bringing resources to us and, and stuff like that, but say you put your, your city in a desert, and now you know time goes by, your infrastructure starts to fail. You're not leaking human waste straight into you know like wetlands or the ocean, anywhere where most cities are built now. It's it's in the desert. You know, it's not uh, not a lot of water moves through the soil there. I mean, it's more contained. It just seems like a a better solution. Well, on the tool side of that, maybe like a frozen tundra, like somewhere in the middle of Russia where it's so cold. With new technology, you can build a, a new city there. Just have their population spread out. You no longer have to have a city in a warm temperate area that's near water the the rule books are all, it's like it's like minecraft nick it, it, you can build the city wherever you want now the, the, and people are again again 120 cities are being planned or are already being built that are brand new yeah and there are you know costs things to consider there like one of the things you know for that I was looking at where you want to build, you know, building in extreme environments, like you're going to need to spend a lot of money temperature-wise, either heating or cooling that area or determining ways to, to lessen that. But so it still might be better to be somewhat more temperate, but at the same time, you know, I can understand why that would be a good place. And, you know, a desert, everyone loves living in those warm places during the winter, so... Well, a lot of these countries don't have choices. Um, Saudi Arabia has no rivers inside their country. Uh, if I remember, oh, God. It's a West Coast African city that's building a new city. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. It has no access to fresh water, only yeah, the Atlantic Ocean. So desalination plants give them the ability to build new cities. And, well, since you said it, Nick, most what you mentioned earlier with... Uh, Sometimes rev a new an old city to keep, keep existing, and choosing a location that's kind of temperate. Boston. If you haven't heard it, we've done an episode on how the coastal rise is affecting many places. One of them being Boston. Boston's trying to fight a fight where they're losing, and it might be time for Boston to build a new city elsewhere, a new Boston. Finally. Oh boy, don't don't be careful, Nick. They're a fighting culture that you will lose. I'm finally using my my joke of new new cities doing the same thing we made fun of the settlers who are coming in here with their creative names and creating a new city like New York and we can make New Boston. 
Uh, well, for some reason, I still feel like we'd be more creative than the British. That's a good point. But yes, uh, the current infrastructure we have for a lot of major cities, Boston, New York City, a lot, a lot of cities near the coast are being heavily infected by coastal rise, climate change. I mean, look at Venice. Venice is disappearing. Venice might be gone in our lifetime, Nick, because water rising, ruining the infrastructure underneath. It's, it's, it's the end of many cities. So maybe it's time to move the land inland where it's a little bit more drier and we have more time to figure stuff out. A little bit longer commute to the pier, but it sure beats having all my stuff flooded. Yep. Yep. I myself live in a tsunami zone, so I think about that all the time. But one interesting trend I saw that matched it with our ancestors and modern cities being built is the need for trade routes. I guess no matter how much we change, we're still all the same. We might be able to move away from water sources with desalination or pumping water through pipes and stuff like that to reach us. But every city being currently built is thinking about jobs and trading. I mean, back from our ancestors where we're building roads, uh, buildings and stuff around the Silk Road, around the Mediterranean Sea, trading hubs. We're doing the same in the 21st century. I don't know if you came across this, Nick, but that seemed to be a major point of where to decide where a city should be for the new 21st century is trade. Can we get ships here? Can we get railroad here? Can we get roads here? Is it fair weather for planes to land? That was probably the biggest factor I saw for new cities being built yeah i definitely agree especially as it just seems like we're doing more and more sending stuff different places ordering stuff online people need stuff from all over the globe economies are rising you know other everything's everything is being specialized in its own place so you even just your car parts are coming from all over the world so the ability to be along those trade routes and cheapen the cost of shipping and transportation and all that was one of the biggest factors of creating a city because it's really one of your limiting factors. If you can get water in most places, you can get food shipped in. I mean, if you live somewhere impossible to get to, the cost of getting food there is going to be high. So even just to make someplace livable, you need to be able to get goods there. Absolutely. And Luckily, with the 21st century, we're no longer lenient on ox and wagon or ships. We have, again, railways and planes. So if you're able to set up an infrastructure where that's allowed to have, you can have it pretty much everywhere you want. If I remember correctly, the Metastar City, or it could have been the Line City, is right by the Suez Canal. That's a major transporting hub when it's not blocked off by a ship. And it would be, it, it, that'd be ideal. Like imagine another port for your ships to stop at or meet to or to refuel at. It would change how, how ships move around knowing that they have another port to station at. Yeah. And just, uh, yeah, people are looking to trade. Like I live in a, a coastal town and we, our town, one of our exports is wood chips and, and lumber. And they're looking at doing some trading with China. And China came over and asked, basically said, what is the largest dimensions we can fit our 
largest dimensions of ships you can fit in this bay. And they said, cool, we'll make 10 of those. Jesus. So they're they're expanding. And, you know, if you have an export and you have a bigger bay or you make some place that, you know, we're dealing with a natural bay, even with dredging and stuff, we're still limited by, by like, the, sal- the salinity and depth and, and all that. If you can do make something bigger, they'll fit it. Again, it's kind of like uh, the old movie. If you build it, they will come. Um, before we get on to China, because that's a whole other issue, I, before we and get too far away from Cairo, I do think it's important to mention, because you're talking about, Nick, on uh, foreign investors, the government paying for it. Uh, for Cairo's new capital, it's coming from their military budget. So half the military budget is going towards this new city which the military people are for because I believe how the contract's set up, the people, the military will receive income and funds from this new city. So the military is in the, is set up to make a lot of money when the new city's done and built and new business comings in. So I thought that was quite interesting. That's another thing that I didn't see, but I was always thinking about is, you can now put your more strategic cities in a lot safer places. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, look at uh, Switzerland. Switzerland is an impossible city to invade or something like that, simply because how they designed their country and their mountainous regions and bombs. I imagine many countries want to follow that. Like, imagine trying to invade Australia when their capital is in the very center of their uh, continent. I mean, it's hot. It's a lot of desert, a lot of flat land. You're going to be seen a mile away. It's a fortress. Yeah, it's like invading Russia in the winter. <laughs> Some things you just don't do. And that being said, I, I, I imagine it's possible. I haven't seen any cities trying to be built, but build it into a mountain. You can use the natural landscape to build a city. Well, they've, d- they've definitely done it in the past, but that'd be a... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a lot of work. You really have to make sure that your your mountain's stable. The or it's a stable region. You don't want to get a landslide. Like like um by where we live or where I live, the soil and everything is really loose, and just enough rainfall and stuff will cause her to slide right out. And it's not uh not the best building material, building place. But people still build on it. And you can see houses built on the side of mountains, beautiful views, beautiful houses. And then every now and then, there's a slide. And you just see that that beautiful yard getting smaller and smaller. And eventually, it's going to take out that whole house. For some reason, when I was thinking of people living inside of a mountain, because I, I was imagining inside a mountain instead of outside the mountain, uh, the, the mole people just kept coming in my head. like Or, like the, or the South Park crab people. Crab people. Crap, people. But, yeah. Well, I think that's the number one reason we don't build inside <laughs> cities. I could be wrong. Well, if we don't want to build on pre-existing geography, why not just make our own? I mean, some countries are making their own islands in which they plan to inhabit. It. Why don't we just build our own country in the water, a new island for a new city? It's possible. We've done it on a small scale. Why not uh, go all in and build a Atlantis? On Atlantis. Sea? Yep. We could be the sea people. <laughs> oh my gosh, we are the English. We're just recycling old shit. 
well, we keep building new cities. We keep expanding. Uh, it, it makes sense to me. I mean, look at uh, the United States. I'm not as familiar with foreign cities as I am compared to the United States, but I know with Chicago, New York City, and Los Angeles, it's spreading out to a point where I don't even know if I can call these cities anymore. They're just little city states inside of a state. Uh, I don't know about you, Nick, but when I picture a city, I picture tall buildings all kind of condensed together. Not takes an hour if there was an in a plane to get to the other side of the city. Yeah, definitely. I'm picturing pretty dense, but open. I mean, like, uh, yeah, just space to move around, but you're not getting anywhere super fast. And I'm kind of thinking that that makes sense with the like the straight city, just because you know when you make a loop in another city, someplace there the fastest point, fastest way to A and B is a straight line. So I I can see where they're coming from now after thinking about taking taking a train around a city, having a perimeter like Atlanta. Well, it's just interesting to me how to me what cities are are completely changed due to these super cities i imagine new cities being built are more vertical up and down so maybe larger infrastructure underneath for subway systems like that and larger and taller skyscrapers to have more people and less spreading out like take a lot like los angeles that los angeles covers a huge area if you count los angeles and the neighboring suburbs same with chicago and new york that doesn't quite seem like a city to me. So maybe having a new type of city geograph-wise, like the line or half circle or something change might be better. Instead of having the same old grid or circle pattern, maybe maybe try a different well, I think I think the grid pattern was basically designed for car-based cities or, you know, maybe horses or carriage or something like but I do think that, yeah, we're going to be seeing different shapes because I know a lot of what I've read about the construction of new cities is building up, obviously taking advantage of all that space, but having like more open areas, like everyone likes their their green spaces or parks and stuff, have more outdoor seating for restaurants and stuff and large places to walk and and bike lanes and stuff that encourage people to use other forms of transportation as opposed to vehicles as as opposed to cars is kind of kind of what I've been seeing, you know, probably like an underground subway, whatever you want to call it. But the little bit I have been seeing that, yeah, maximize, maximize how much you go up, but, and have an, uh, would like an open concept, you know, like you're going to knock down that wall but uh, and that's supposed to be make it people happier is what I was reading. I don't know. Do you come across anything like that, or am I just rambling? No, I saw a very similar thing where a lot of new cities being built and designed are focused on having gardens, having parks inside. Um, I believe it's the my daughter city for Abu Dhabi. They're trying to mimic uh, what's the famous park in New York City. Uh, central Park. yeah they're trying to mimic central park in their city by having more grass more plant life more nature where you don't feel like as much as you're in a city 
I saw that being very common where you're sacrificing cars for public transportation, but you also get more parks and grass in the as a trade-off, which from a person who lives in a city sounds absolutely wonderful. That it would be nice to not have to take an Uber if I get drunk somewhere. And it'd be nice to sometimes have green. Of course, I chose to live in a desert state, so I can't talk too much. Yeah, but that's something people have really been taken to lately is green space and having room to go outside. And that's, like we said, this started in, oh shoot, I can't remember. Uh, but parks have been around for a long time. Central Park obviously being one of the the biggest. It started as a, a fad in England and then came to the U.S. And like we talked about in previous episodes, people love green, grass, trees, whatever it is. Before the invention of parks, people would go have picnics in cemeteries because that was the only grass in the city. And then the other, I don't know what you would call them, like uh, infrastructure, like green infrastructure. Like I saw a lot of permeable streets and stuff um, that allowed water to go back down in the soil and not just collect and then go out a storm drain, stuff like that. And uh, like rooftop gardens and stuff to... Like reduce heat. Well, that's the great thing about building a new city instead of trying to refurbish a city. You can use brand new materials. You can build building methods that no longer exist. You also don't have to deal with the historical society. You can simply build a new city with the best methods possible and the best foresight possible. I mean, most city, I, I would say most city, I'd say almost every city, I would say every city built in the 20th century and earlier has all been added on to a city that was previously built. So as the city kept growing, they kept adding in more infrastructure, technology kept changing. Uh, it's not the same as it used to be. So I imagine starting from brand new, you could plan a much more ergonomic, economic city. And you could have your fields, your trees, your parks much more easily with new building materials for the roads, for the uh, skyscrapers, for the apartments. I, I, I guess I can see why it's so much more appeal to build a new city rather than try to refurbish a old one. Yeah, for an example of what those materials would be, uh, even just the, like the color, I don't, I forget exactly the material, but area like cities that are in the desert would be all would have a high, it would be pretty like white and they'd reflect a lot of sunlight. They'd be a lot cooler than buildings construct that we have constructed now. It's just so you'd save energy on cooling. They'd have different roofs that help pass heat on, stuff like that. And yes, and with the ability to create with new building materials, you can create new designs. We don't have to follow the basic rectangles anymore. We could maybe come up with a triangle shape or some shape that's more mindful of maybe the environment. Maybe you could, based on a certain shape, you can direct wind, full, wind uh, blowing. So that way it keeps your city cooler, keeps your buildings cooler. You don't have to use as much temperature. Or maybe because you're compacting them a little bit more, changing the shape a little bit, you keep the cities a little bit warmer So because you don't have, you're using more city buildings as uh, windbreakers rather than uh, the traditional of, the grid system of the wind kind of goes in between and weaves in and out. 
Yep, I have seen people talk about that of designing their cities so you can get the maximum amount of airflow through it to keep things cool, which I thought was kind of... That seems like it just takes one person to ruin that, I imagine. I feel like there's a fart joke in there somewhere. But since you're able to change cities, shapes, figures, and stuff like that, and we mentioned it throughout the podcast a little bit, I really want to pick your brain and get your opinion on the line, the uh, 100-mile city, which is completely unique, and I've never heard about any city even similar to this ever. I was wondering what you feel and your opinion on it, Nick. I mean, it seems pretty genius if you're designing a new city because... Like just like if you're having a subway that goes underneath it and you want to get from, you know, one place to another, you could have multiple tracks and, you know, one that's just going to go to the other side, one that's going to go to the middle, one that's going to go to your like right next door. And so you could, you know, it'd be a lot easier because you're not stopping doing left turns all day and stopping. You're, you're going one end and back there and back again. And you're not going out to the side, so it's not like, oh, you got to get on this one and then get on a, you know, a train that moves north-south and then a train that goes east-west. Like, once you're out of the station, you're within walking distance to the end. And I'm sure that'll change as it expands, but I don't know. That is, in my mind, it, it's looking pretty genius. Ooh, that is an interesting point, though. I wish I did more research on how cities expand. Because I would be curious on if cities naturally expand close to the water, away from the water, in a circle, in a grid. How do cities naturally expand? Because I imagine a city will eventually engulf like a suburb or a neighboring city. How does it introduce it to each other? How does it interwine with each other? I, By chance, did you look up the growth and development of a city? I did not. I know just from experience, I as cities get gener- get more people with and more wealth, people start to tend to move away but still close and they form and they s- sprawl out in the suburbs which tend to be less densely packed and they don't have the uh public transportation of the city and so it's not as uh, environmentally friendly of an environment as like a design city would be but if you know they could be designing just multiple cities and just not allow people to live on the outside of it to kind of offset that I don't know I mean it seems like they're going to expand just because last I checked I don't think now there might be one or two populations that are declining population wise well i was just curious because yes cities expand but i was just wondering maybe the science behind the direction they expand like maybe we, you could predict based on land or economic trends on which way the city will expand um but that does bring up well isn't it expand wherever it can right like for most places they're severely limited like new york when new york started it was on you know like some of the on the water there and then it expanded onto other high ground but eventually we had to turn into bringing in dirt and stuff and moving water around so that we could build on these places and so pretty much we expanded wherever we could 
Yeah, but then again, you have cities like Phoenix, which are relatively new city that's wide open, full of land, and I imagine it, there's a reason why it grew the direction it grew, or the way it spread out or expanded. There's got to be many, if not, or maybe just one underlying reason, but at least a reason. Yeah, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Should know that, though. That would probably have been important for this episode. <laughs> Well, to save us from looking like fools with a capital F, uh, you did mention one point of limit city sizes, which, if we're able to build new cities, kind of makes sense to me. Imagine, well, just to pick on Los Angeles again, a Los Angeles not exceeding its water limit, where it's not hemorrhaging and completely draining, but it was only allowed to build to a certain size, and then California simply had to build a new city. I imagine that's more economically good. The only problem is since we're able to build it wherever we want, I'm worried that we might build it on viable land that we might farm or might want to keep as a national park. Well, I guess, I mean, if you're growing it somewhere where you probably can't farm, it'd have to depend, right? Because what, like, if there's no environmental reason, like no sensitive habitat, no endangered species, why, what is the... Why would you not expand? And I guess the argument to why you would not expand would be if you don't expand in a similar way to the city's infrastructure with, uh, you know, more spread out, more suburbs-like stuff, it'll be worse for the environment emissions-wise and have caused people to have more cars and increased travel. I would also add on to that is humans don't think that far ahead. They might not think 5, 10, 15 years on how that will completely change the geography and the structure and the economics of that city. Um, I imagine when New York was being developed and made, they weren't really thinking about, oh, how is this going to affect people in five years? They just kept building and building, and when a new problem arrived, they kind of fixed it. Uh, If you limit a certain city size to be, hey, it's got to be 100 miles in diameter, and you can have as many people as you want, but it's got to stay in those city, it's got to stay in those city limits that might change on how a city spends its money, how a city is designed and developed, and might make people less on top of each other. It might create more cities, but less super cities. Well, what's, I mean, so more more densely populated places tend to have, people tend to have less cars and tend to use public transportation and go by foot more. But you get too populated, people tend to become unhappy. So there's a fine line there. And it's different for each country. People in dense in the U.S. are not really dense, according to a lot of other places, if you expand it out beyond the metropolitan center. But I don't know of, I mean, I almost feel like having a few mega cities would be more beneficial than having multiple cities. But I feel like that's that's more like of a China move of telling people where they can and can't live. See, I'm kind of the opposite. I, the mega cities to me are far more worrisome because it's much more, in my mind, a balancing act of making sure you don't collapse upon yourself, don't implode. If you're smaller cities, it's, to me, more ability to sustain itself and if a problem arises, easier to fix. That being said, unfortunately, I just think of Detroit. Granted, Detroit failed. It hurt a lot of people, but it didn't fail 
the country, if you have a bunch of super cities, like imagine if, well, actually, actually, I should take that back because I was going to say, imagine if New York or Los Angeles failed, which are debatable, but they're still bringing economic means. I don't know. I, I feel like spreading out small, maybe, maybe it's just me, Nick. Maybe not. I just don't want to live in a highly density area and I'm just uh, projecting that onto this conversation. Yeah, I mean, luckily for my job, I'll never be able to live in a highly populated area, so I'm not as afraid of that. But I have seen a lot of people say these mega cities are the future and we should get everyone together. And because you reduce transportation costs, if instead of ship, you're shipping everything all over the place, you're doing by rail and boat just to a few places is where I think this is coming from. But I understand what you're saying of... Detroit failing didn't fail the country, whereas if we only had five cities and everyone lived in those five cities and we collapsed one of them, we'd be screwed. Of course, having the apocalypse maybe not be the worst thing. We'd only have five sports teams. That, woof, yeah. Well, not necessarily. I mean, New York Jets, New York Giants, some, t- some cities get multiple teams. Yeah, but they only get one good one. I'm still waiting for a good one because I, <laughs> I was going <laughs> to make a couple jokes there, but probably piss some people off. Uh, but I, another concession, we talked about it earlier with, with the climate change. I, either way, we need to either retrofit cities or build new cities with the preparation and mindset of the climate change that's going to happen. Like you mentioned, Nick, with adding more land for New York City so it doesn't sink. Boston is sinking. Los Angeles is in a drought. With a new city, we have the ability to think ahead, maybe plan like, hey, again, how this could have looked in 50 years. Yep. And so our U.S., our biggest cities, L.A., Chicago, New York, have an urban area with over 10 million inhabitants. And then Boston, Philly, D.C., Detroit, Atlanta, Miami, Houston, Dallas, San Diego, and San Francisco have 5 to 9.9 million, and then the lower ones have less than that. It almost seems like that's L.A., Chicago, New York, double a lot of these other cities. Like that's uh, almost seems like they're mega cities. But when I think of mega cities, I almost think more like Tokyo or something like that. Yeah, Tokyo. But it is crazy. They're the closest uh, 5 to 9.9 million inhabitant cities to the center of the country is Dallas and Houston. Really? Not the majority Kansas City or St. Louis are not on that list? Kansas City, St. Louis, Denver, Salt Lake, Minneapolis, Indy are 2 to 4.9 million inhabitants. Maybe, well, I guess it comes back to water. <laughs> it, it must be. That's. I mean, it's just weird. You know, obviously, you have up and down the coast with your ports and stuff, but... Yeah, there's not a lot going on in the middle. Even Seattle and Portland are are smaller. Well, it just goes to show you, if you're going to build a new city, build it by the ocean or a sea so you can transport goods and build port, piers and ports. It's all about trade. You got to get those goods in the center of the country. Well, before, hypothetically, Mike, if you had to put a, a new city, a soon-to-be mega city in the United States, where would you put it? Ooh, in the United States? I would probably say, if I was thinking economically and one that actually might work, the Carolinas. I don't, I don't feel like they have a large 
city, but they're right there by the coast. They're midland kind of tempered, so they don't get harsh winter. So, and there's already existing railway to stuff in to move stuff inland. I think that's my get my smart decision. What about you, Nick? If you were gonna start a new uh, city somewhere, what, what another city in Florida, another city in Texas? Where, where, where are you starting a city? I was trying to think of from more an environmental standpoint, where would be the best to do it? Because Florida, you're going to have hurricanes. Same with kind of the little bit of the East Coast there. I was thinking, I mean, Chicago's in a pretty good place because you can come through the, the canals for shipping in there. You go all up through the Great Lakes. But that's a swamp, and you are you don't really want to build a city on a swamp. <laughs> Tell that to the same people thing, in Chicago. <laughs> same thing on the West Coast. You got fault lines, tsunamis, and then it's like, you know, you got Portland, but that's right on the water, which is convenient because you reduce emissions from trade because you can bring your boats right there. But Portland also has some of the largest uh, environmental waste issues in the, in the world. Well, I guess in the U.S., I guess they're not as bad as China or something, but they're right on the water there because of that trade, so it, it kind of fucked it up, but you're going to get that anywhere. So I was trying to think more inland, but then there's the cost of a railroad from a port where you still have to have a port to unload everything from foreign traders to get it there. Another city, along, another city along the Mississippi? I mean, that's... That's what I was thinking, right? I mean, I guess things don't really change. We're still trying to figure out the waterways, the best way, and trading routes to make to choose the best location for a city. Yep. But then, okay, so a lot of most of the CO two emissions of the world come from cargo ships. So if we didn't have to worry about foreign trade, then I think somewhere in the middle of the country would be a pretty good one. Like maybe not Denver, but somewhere in Wyoming, like Nebraska or Wyoming, somewhere where, well, I wouldn't go Wyoming. It'd be pretty cold. I'd try and do it somewhere in kind of like maybe Oklahoma. Where those tornadoes hit? That's a great idea. Well, that's that. There's no good place. <laughs> Every place has got its, it's got its issues. Right. I mean, Wyoming, you get the freezing cold. You get fires. I mean, you get fires in Colorado, too. In Denver, you get air stagnation. I mean, what there's every, every single place has its natural disasters, but I was thinking more along the lines of like some somewhere that has not a lot of soil movement that's pretty dry, but it's close to water or like you can pump in water. And that way, like when we were talking about getting rid of nuclear waste and how. They put it in very stable areas where there's not a lot of ground movement. Somewhere like that where you know you're not going to have those issues for hopefully a long time. So another Indianapolis sort of. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. It's just it seems there's always a reason not to do it in some place. It's what it seems like. True, true. But nonetheless, as more people are being born and people are staying longer the population grows therefore we need people to go and like nick said it's where the jobs are or at least a large portion of the jobs and cities are being built cities are being created and i'm curious on our listeners on where they think they should a city be built whether it be 
here in America or elsewhere in the world? Where do you think a city should be built and why you think a city should be built? And in case they wanted to tell us their answer, Nick, where would they find us? Find us on Instagram and YouTube at the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. And can you find us on Twitter? You cannot find us on Twitter. Because nothing gets, ever gets built on Twitter. There you go. Ugh. And uh, before we get out of here, Mike, what are you reading? I am still reading Tales from the Ant World. Uh, Tales from the Ant World by Edward Wilson, which I am learning far more about ants and their complex social structures than I thought I ever would. And it's a really great read. He, it's really well written, and I highly recommend. What about you, my friend? What are you reading? Well, I just finished. Uh, Longitude, the true story of a lone genius who solved the greatest scientific problem of his time by Davo Sobel. Excellent book. I highly recommend it. And I don't know what I'm going to read next. Ooh, seems like the listeners have an option to also tell book recommendations. Well, I'm between, between Charlie Wilson's War, Rape of Nanking, and a book about trees. So depressing topic. Or boring topic. I see, I see. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, with that being said, my friend, uh, cities are complex. They're living organisms in my book. And I can't wait to see the new cities being built and to visit them, but hopefully not live in them. And as always, thank you all for listening. <laughs>